It's after Christmas. We're sitting in Jane's house. <laughs> because I refused to leave the house over Christmas. Aye. We had to do it here. I had to fly directly from fucking Dubai just Dubai, for this. Dubai to my living room. <laughs> Jane's like, I'm no fucking leaving, so you're coming here. But we wanted to talk to you about what coaches need to stop doing in 2024. Yep. Cunts. <laughs> There's so much yet. We'll be here for a while. Exactly. But buckle up. Exactly. What do you want to talk about first? Um, oh, right, we're going to try and limit this to five things because we also don't want to come across like fucking bullion bastards. But there's so much stuff that we are sick of seeing that you're probably sick of saying more to the point, right? I think there's so much stuff that coaches feel that they need to talk about yep. and social media things that I need to say. And actually, you're probably so bored of it, but you don't know what else to talk about. But there are some surefire things that your clients are absolutely sick of hearing. Um, prospective clients are probably sick of hearing as well. Um, so let's kick off. I'll just jump in there. And if you think that's us calling you a boring bastard, then yes, we're calling you a boring bastard. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, yep. Sorry. Sorry, yep. but not sorry. Yep. Uh, because this is why we are here to give you some <laughs> rock solid hard truths. Yep. So let's kick off on the the January starters one. Because oh, I know how you feel about this. It really, really winds me up, right? Stop, stop complaining about how busy the gym is in January, don't wait till January, people who start in January never succeed, bullshit, like absolute bullshit, that's your bias, that's your assumption, that's your belief that somehow... To make more sales. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, let's call it what it is, let's be fucking transparent, you're doing it to try and hit people where it hurts to make more sales, and don't get me wrong, sometimes you do need to hit people where it hurts, but can you imagine thinking, do you know what, this new year, new me, if you do think in that way, sound. Can you imagine logging into Instagram come January and thinking, I'm going to need some help to make this change, right? I'm going to need some help to make this my reality. To log into Instagram and see every fucking coach that you have followed saying, January starters are a waste of time. Don't wait to start in January. The gym's fucking hoaching because it's January. All the January people will be gone by March. Make sure that you're not one of the January people that's left by March. So you're just reinforcing a sense of shame and guilt because they read all of that and they can relate to it as that person. So then they think, oh, well, do you know what? That coach isn't for me, yeah. right? You're trying to get more clients by targeting these things when in actual fact, they're reading those things and going, the gym isn't a safe space for me to go because people are going to assume that I'm a January starter. They're going to know I'm a January starter. Like yeah. these people are already petrified to go into a gym environment and you're making it even more intimidating to make them think I'm going to be judged because everybody's going to know yeah. that I don't normally go there. Like I go to a 15 pound a month gym. Yeah. It's hoaching with people. I couldn't tell you who's going there regularly and who isn't. Like when you go at the same times, you recognise people. I'm not going to know who's a January starter and who's not. And actually it doesn't fucking matter. You pay your money the same as everybody else. And just because you're a coach doesn't mean that you have an entitlement to the gym over anybody else. Yeah. Just because you've been going regularly doesn't mean that you have an entitlement. And instead of seeing this as an opportunity to have access to a shitload more people in real life that you could potentially convert into clients, you're too busy complaining that yeah. they don't know how to do a deadlift properly. Yeah. Fucking check yourself. 100%. We've got a word for that in Scotland or a couple of words for that worst cunts oh don't be a worst <laughs> right. cunt and see if, you're, see if you're no Scottish you're not going to understand this cunt is the best word in our dictionary right so yep. you've got so many different meanings for the word cunt put but any when, adjective in front of a cunt aye, and it works good cunt bad cunt sound cunt weird cunt whatever any cunt, any cunt every cunt aye, aye. cunt even, even like the way that you 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 basically use the word person as, as cunt yeah, right and if um, and if you ever get called a worst cunt it is not, not something thing. you ever want to experience right thing. it means that everyone knows you're fucking terrible. Yep. So don't be one of those people. <laughs> uh, what point do you want to go into next? What, are, what do you think on that same vein? What do you think coaches need to stop doing? In oh, a lot of coaches need to stop using assisted supplements. <laughs> uh, Roids! Uh, to get in good shape and fucking lie about it and then sell their prospective clients the, the dream result. 100%. When they say they've achieved it, but they haven't gone into the amount of depth and detail that they really need to mm -hmm. to showcase how they got there. And don't get me wrong, right? Taking steroids, you need to still be extremely disciplined. Like, and a lot of people are when they do. Yeah, it's a personal choice. 100% personal choice. And see if you want to do it, you do you, boo. But at the same time, be completely open and transparent. Yep. Do not sell a dream result in a short period of time to someone who can't achieve it because they are looking at your physique and what you've done, what worked for you well, was the, 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 the fact that you chose to use steroids. Yeah. But also in that breath, don't just put your clients on fucking steroids to get a result. <laughs> you know how many times I've heard this, right? Where it's like, oh, this person put me on um, Anavar, this person put me on Clean, this person put me on D-Balls, this person put me on Train. And 
see if that's what you're doing to get someone a result, right? You're not a health and fitness coach, right? Mm -hmm. I understand the whole physique element to it and that that will enhance your physique, yes. But everyone goes on about health and fitness. Like even the people who focus on physique coaching are like, what are you doing to focus on your health and fitness this year? Well, taking roids a lot of the time isn't going to be focusing on your health and fitness. So really, if you're a physique coach and you are marketing yourself that way, be transparent with the fact that your clients need to take X to get a result, Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of them kind of peddle it in a way nowadays where it's, I've got lifestyle clients, I've got competitive clients. So it's like, instead of just saying these persons, these people are on roids and these ones aren't, yeah, yeah, they yeah. try and put them into like two different categories and it's like, right, yeah. so these are the ones with the roids and these are the ones without the roids. Yep. Just say it. Yeah. Just be transparent because you'll get a lot of people, even if you are a coach like that, who come into the lifestyle section and still look up to the people in the physique section and go, that's a result I would love to have. But yep. the might, depending on the frame of mind and the position they're in at the time, make a very an informed choice or informed choice of of taking something they shouldn't yeah just for an outcome yeah and this is why built coach is very different as well like we are very process driven not result driven yeah and when you can deliver the process in the best possible way that you can mm. the result becomes more desirable yeah and it doesn't feel like it's needed yeah like it's like these things have empowered me throughout this process mm-hmm. you know so i want people who are either taking roids or putting their clients on roids in the new year to be fucking open and honest about yeah, it. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Speaking of open and honest, uh, another thing that I think really needs to stop um, for coaches who are serious about what they do in the new year, right, and coaches who want to coach beyond the physical, stop giving prospective clients permission to be a failure. Oh, fuck I. Right? People, people aren't going to buy failure, Right? <laughs> People are buying success. People are interested in success. Your job as a coach is to coach someone to reach the full, beyond the limits of what they perceive to be their potential. And if you're talking constantly about your struggles, your vulnerabilities, your challenges, your failures, I was meant to get 10,000 steps today and I only get 8,500 and that's okay. Fuck off. That's important for your clients to hear because it's really important for you to remain relatable to your clients for you to remain human to your clients. And it is important for you to be human on social media. Of course it is, right? You need to come across as a real person. People need to feel like they know you before they're going to buy from you. We get all that, right? But that doesn't mean that you then need to give people permission to be a failure because what then happens is if you give them permission to like fail at things repeatedly and tell them that's okay, you're then giving across the message that you can help them not be a failure, right? Yeah. So they're going, oh, well, you're a fail, you fail at things and I fail at things, but you also succeed at things, so you're going to help me not fail at things. And actually the reality is, is that the client creates their success. 100%. Right? You don't. So they need to be in a position where they feel like, I am inspired by this person who creates success despite challenge, mm-hmm. right? Not this person who gives themselves permission to do less up against struggle. And I get that people, I get why people do it, right? You need to make, you're trying to make yourself more relatable. But I actually think that quite a lot of the time, what you interpret as relatability and vulnerability actually just gives people permission to stay stuck. 100%. Like people, people, they want to create success. They want, so show them how you create the success, yeah. right? Yes, the failure might be part of an overall story, but show that the, the success lies on the other side of it somewhere, as opposed to, I didn't train today, but it's all right because I'll train tomorrow. That, that's not vulnerability. That's And it's just giving people permission to let themselves away with the same old shit that they don't want to let themselves away with. So don't say in one breath, don't be a January starter, don't be a fucking, don't be a lazy cunt, and then turn around in the next breath and go, oh, do you know what, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. If you fail, don't worry about it. If you fail, yeah, you need to speak to your clients about that because they're, they're already committed to a journey of change that's really challenging. That and failure is a necessary part of that process, right? You need to speak to them about that. You need to be able to be in a position where you can support them seeing failure as an important metric, right? And seeing the data that comes from it. But if that's all you're speaking about in social media, why should I be inspired by you? If you're only speaking about all the things that you can do and all the things that you find difficult. 100%. And see any coaches I've worked with in the past, I've actually spoke about this. And see when I detail a lot of the types of people that you've just you've just described, mm-hmm. they know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah. But then marking the argument and response is, well, I've seen so many of you do it. Why do you yeah. think it's appropriate? But for this other person, it's actually quite cringy. Yeah. People will always buy conviction. Mm-hmm. And conviction goes way deeper than just, I missed this workout and I'll get in tomorrow. Or I over on these calories. So, you know what, I'll just calorie bank the rest of the week and I'll mm-hmm. make up somewhere else. People want to hear 
what you've been through, what you've overcame, and essentially how you've done it. Like the intention behind exactly the changes you made to make the life that you now live possible. Yep. And I actually put a bad Instagram post up about this recently talking about planning for the new year. Like I've seen this trend in TikTok, you've seen it, what's in and what's out in 2024. And people are oh, like, oh, what's yeah. in in 24 is healthy living, two litres of water, <laughs> being very productive, you know, all this sort of shit, you know, like saving more money, travelling more. And then it's like, what's out? It's like toxic people, toxic oh, friends, negative off. mindset. And I'm like... So the same shit as the last the, fucking the same five years I, The same shit, but also at the same time, I'm like, can you contextualise a little bit more? Yeah. Like, what is it that you are not willing to tolerate about? toxic friends yeah, or and are you the toxic it. person exactly <laughs> by the way a lot of the time a lot of the time as well they fucking are see they don't realise they're the narcissists see the, but see the people who constantly talk about toxic people negative people I don't want any drama they're always the people who are entrenched in all of those things 100% 100% um, so my, my issue with that is like you're not setting an actual intention because if you want to improve your health right what questions are you asking yourself nothing you're just fucking throwing it out into the ether and yeah. you're like, I hope this fucking comes true. Instead of saying, okay, what changes do I need to make to my nutrition? Yeah, manifestation. <laughs> what uh, what changes do I need to make to my nutrition? What time do I need to get to sleep at night? How am I going to make that possible? Who do I have to have a difficult conversation with? Yeah. When do I need to sit down every single week and plan my week? What do I prioritise my week first? What is my number one top priority and non-negotiable? And then what comes next? Like actual, write down a list of like one to five, one to six, one to seven, depending on your responsibilities of what comes first. And then start to go into even the granular details around like what foods make you feel a particular way. And there's so much that goes into this that people don't actually realise, yeah. but they're just like, you know what, fucking I just spunk myself into like a new life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Manifest it. I manifest it. Make a TikTok about it. So like that that needs to change too, because not just Gen Pop people do that. Coaches do as well. Oh, like when I talk day. to coaches about planning, financial management, when I talk to them about investments. They, they'll look at me like a fucking deer in headlights mm. and they, they don't have any they don't have any substance behind why they're doing what they're doing a lot of it is purely just for their own validation yeah. like I want to be a good coach to validate my own insecurities and in order to be able to do that I need a certain amount of client numbers mm. I need my churn to be a specific percent I need to be getting X results every month I need to be having a live event that's got X amount of people there yep. or I'm not having it because I don't want it to look small and I don't want oh. it to look silly on social media like, get a fucking grip. Like, and when then, you're actually coaching for the right reasons, like, it's about them, it's not about you. <laughs> exactly, exactly what I was about to say. So because you think it would be too small, look at the experience that you're then depriving your current clients of having because you're worried about how it will look, yep. right? When actually, if you made sure that those people who were there had a great experience, how will they speak about it? How will they experience it? How will it change their coaching experience? And I think this is a huge motivated behind why we created built to coach because i just get so fed up of seeing people focusing everything except their clients oh my god i know like, it, 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 and i feel like the majority of the conversations i was having was about fucking nightmare clients this client won't do this i need to find more of the right people i'm just going to start specializing in fucking busy entrepreneurs like the same conversations constantly but nothing about how do i get this client a killer result because you first then need to admit that you aren't getting your clients killer results. 100% and you need to admit that you're not that great a coach. Mm -hmm. And do you know what fries my fucking head is that most people inside of this industry call themselves a coach when they do not know how to coach. Yeah. Like they don't, the coaching is a process, one that needs to be learned, something yeah. that you studied for years to yeah. develop. And then you get personal trainers and um, online PTs that then read a fucking book on leadership and they're like, oh, I'm the next fucking Sir Alex Ferguson <laughs> in the fitness industry. You know what I mean? You know? I'm going to need Atomic Habits for the 15th time Aye. and see if Evan really starts. Aye, and I'm, go I'm, go I'm going to pretend. I'm going to pretend I came up with that myself. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's like yeah. coaches talking about things that they've learned and they won't, they won't admit where they've learned it from. Yeah. You know, because... Which I find mad because if you, if you won't admit where you've learned it from, then how do you, how do you then go and learn more about it? You don't. Right. It's just blanket statements that yeah. they can say so they sound fucking smart. I, but I just don't get it, right? Because whenever I speak to people, people ask me all the time, like, what's a book I can read? What's a course I can do? Which is why we've created a course. Yeah. So you can do this one. Um, what's a book that I can read, right? And don't get me wrong, I can understand that because there are sometimes gaps in your knowledge that you think, I need to learn a wee bit more about this. And to be fair, most coaches have been done a huge disservice because all of the educational focused courses within the industry are focused on the physical, yep. right? 
they're focused on things like nutrition, strength training, like all of that sorts of thing. There's nothing focused in the element of coaching, understanding human beings better, understanding how the brain works, like none of that's there, right? So you would need to go external to the industry if you wanted to learn these things. Yep. So I can understand why people say, do you know what, instead of doing a fucking four years psychology degree, I'm going to go and read a book instead, right? <laughs> Much more achievable option. Yep. So people will ask me all the time, what book should I read, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I need to know, well, where is it you feel the gap in your knowledge is yep. before I can recommend a book. And if I talk about certain things, I'll say, this book is from, so my favourite book about coaching, I think probably the most transformative book about coaching that I've ever read is Time to Think by Nancy Klein. Yep. Because it's all about shutting the fuck up, which the vast majority of coaches need to spend more time doing. We need to spend more time doing everybody that's professional. Yep. Listeners listen poorly. That's yep. just the reality of it, right? It's for human beings. But I'll say, when I talk about specific things, I'm like, this is from Time to Think. This is, and I talk about the same books all the time because it's those books that I, I've taken a lot of information from that I use. Yep. There's hundreds of books that I've read that I thought were utter trash that I would never use anything from again. But I'll talk a lot about the inner game of tennis. I'll talk a lot about like um, time to think. I'll talk a lot about these things that yep. are relevant to the information that I have. But you can't just use these... This is what annoys me when you use these sound bites. And I remember, I've seen loads of coaches rip off my content and try to pass it off. I was, own, that's right? what I was going to say right? earlier on. Which, in a way, like, people get dead annoyed about that. It really doesn't bother me. Same. I see it as a form of flattery because I'm like, yeah. great, that's something that I've said that's landed. So I need to say that more to more people, yeah. right? Because that's obviously something that struck a chord with people if I'm seeing it being repeated. So it genuinely doesn't bother me. Where it starts to bother me is if you start using that with your clients, you don't then have... You don't ha then have the underpinning knowledge of the process of why that's relevant. Yeah. So the theory might sit here, but then you don't know how to apply, help the person apply the theory to their real life. So it's a nice soundbite, it's a yep. nice talking point. But if you don't understand how that intersects with everything else, then how yep. do you support the person to make the, the knowledge useful? Do you get what I mean? That, that, that's where my issue comes uh, up with. And that, that is the problem, though, because someone on social media might hear you say these incredible soundbites and go, this is the person I need to work with. Yep. Look how knowledgeable they are. Look how well they articulate themselves. Like, I've never thought about something from that perspective before. Then they join and the cunt doesn't know <laughs> <laughs> yep. how, to, how to actually apply yep. the information so that someone can see the benefit of that. Yeah. It's mind-blowing and yeah. mind-boggling. And this is where people do need to stay in their lane a little bit more. Yeah. Like, it's funny because this is something else coaches need to stop doing, as a lot of them won't even try to go that little bit further with their clients in mm. fear that they essentially won't be able to have the answers and solutions yep. for, for what the client's going through because most coaches are focused on being solution focused like yep. just this is how good I am and well versed I am and what I do here's the solution so they they will look for any way to essentially sound smart and sound good at what they do but they're not willing to try with the information that they have yep. and, and and use it as almost like a bit of a case study with a client to see how what they think behind that soundbite may apply to that particular client. Yeah. Because when you've got a soundbite, you can think of perspectives of like, this is how I can apply this or help yep. someone with it. And they're scared to try, but at the same time on the surface, they then sell something completely different. Yeah, It's like they sell the, they sell the fucking brains behind the operation. They, they sell the the wisdom and all of this sort of yeah. stuff but they cannot sell when it comes when push comes to shove they cannot sell the actual application of it yeah which is the kind of annoying part yeah 100 percent. and i think this is this i think brings us on to a wee bit about what we see another thing that we see a lot that the coaches need to stop doing is that concept of shiny object syndrome because i think i see a lot of people pull their clients up for this right and Stop being attracted to the shiny objects, the fucking greens powders and the apple cider vinegar gummies and the fucking six week booty blasters. And I see coaches critique quite a lot of those things, but then I watch them do the same thing themselves, it's right? Now, there is a concept in coaching that I talk about all the time called the parallel process, mm -hmm. where when you are going through, when you are supporting a client through something similar to what you're experiencing, it can feel really complex and challenging as a coach because it forces you to really, really coach, right? Because you don't have any answers, you don't have any experience. You're experiencing the challenging thing. It's also really hard to coach objectively because you start to coach a version of yourself yep. as opposed to that person. But it's a really, really fundamental part of every coach's development, right, to go through this. But I see people trap themselves so much in the parallel process that it keeps them constantly in this place of 
like self-doubt, self-criticism, like complete and utter lack of confidence. So you're then attracted to what's the next shiny object, right? Yep. So I hear people talk all the time about, I need to invest more in my business, yep. right? And I'm like, right, okay, where in your business needs investment? And how do you know that that area needs investment, right? Like, it's almost as if, I think sometimes it's like, what's going to look better? What's going to make me look better? What's going to make me look great is going and doing a physique fucking photo shoot so that I look good in social media. And don't get me wrong, I get that's an important part of it. 100%. Right? You're selling a desirable result. You need to have a desirable physique quite a lot of the time to show that you can get that result. I totally get that and it has a place. Kind of comes back to the thing though that you were talking about when it comes to coaches' standards yeah. like of themselves yeah. and like allowing failure to be something that's that's common. Yeah. You know, and like yeah. too common. Because yeah. if they're not upholding a great physique year round and a great standard year round anyway, then why do they feel the need to go on these blasts of yeah. this is what I need next? You yeah. should just be desirable year round. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And th that's that's what I mean. Like I get that it's got a place, right? But like if a business if there is a chief executive with a, with a group of board members, right, and they're looking at, here's the budget for 23-24, where are we allocating money to? They do that on the basis of the previous the, the previous year of performance yep. for the business and then forecasted changes, right? So if you're making a decision to invest in your business, are you doing that same thing and investing money where you know it's going to have a return, right, yep. or where it's going to make sense? Or are you investing on the basis of, I think this will make the business look better. Yeah. So do you know what? I'm going to redo my onboarding or I'm going to start a new system or I'm going to do such and such a thing and I'm like, unless... And right, okay, so you'll invest that in the business. When was the last time you invested in yourself, right? When was the last time that you took money to say, I'm going to make sure that I'm better at this skill. I'm going to use this money to develop this part of me further that's going to have yeah. a positive impact in the business. Like, I think a lot of the time it's just... What sounds interesting? What do I think might be good? What do I think is interesting? What seems like a nice idea? Like, you need to think about this is that if I was a department manager, if I was managing this department, right, of marketing, yep. and I had to justify to the budget holder, right, the CEO budget holder, to justify why I need a 20 grand spend for marketing this year and within this business, how would I justify that to yep. the CEO? How would I make my business case? that says this is why I need this funding, this is where it's going to go and this is what it's going to return. Like if you need to make an investment in your business, then do it as a business owner, 100%. not someone who is insecure and looking for validation. Like do it in the areas that make sense and ask yourself, is this a business investment or is this to do with how I feel about myself inside the business, right? Beautiful. Do I need to invest in something that's maybe going to benefit me more that ultimately will have a positive knock-on effect because I see people waste money on shiny object to have a shiny object that they think will make a difference without creating a clear strategy for how yep. it will make a return and what the return will be and then being shocked when it doesn't make them an overnight yeah. success and I see this quite a lot with coaches and I'm going to offend a lot of people when I say this coaches who focus more on going viral in social media than giving their clients a good result aye followers don't pay the bill honey yeah and views don't either aye. and yes it's good it gets you more traffic it gets you in front of more people it gets you more known but what's the fucking point of any of that if it doesn't grow your business aye like do you want fame and popularity or do you want a stable and successful business there's a lot of people with fame and popularity they can't pay their fucking bills yeah you know what I mean yeah. and like they need to get their priorities right but it's got to a stage now where what you show on social media represents more than what you say or do behind the scenes in yeah. this day and age, because people just believe what they see, they don't take the context with it. Yeah. Because they, they don't have any context. Yeah. So that's why, like, we've seen something recently as well where, like, a lot of coaches are talking about, like, I just need to talk about fat loss on social media, you know? Whereas, like, if you have a program that helps people with more than just fat loss, why are you not talking about it? Yeah. Why are you not showcasing what you do? Why are you not talking about the problems you actually solve? Why are yeah. you not talking about current client experiences? Why are you not talking about the things that you implement inside your business that essentially give people the byproduct of fat loss, yeah. but isn't the main singular goal? Because a yeah. lot of people come into you, no doubt, have tried and failed several times before. And if you don't build an expectation beforehand that this is different for X amount of reasons, yeah. then they're just going to come into it like another fat loss program. They're probably just going to fail long term again. Mm. And the thing is, is that if you do want to just speak about fat loss and attract people who are interested in fat loss initially, then that's fine. But then don't be alarmed when that person's only interested in fat loss. And leave after three months. Right. Don't be alarmed yep. when they don't come to your live calls, when they yep. don't engage with you, when they don't check in. Like, yep. please don't expect that person to have something that they might not have. They might. 
right? They might become more interested and have that realization over time, dependent on the quality of your coaching. Yeah. They might have that realization that actually fat loss is a byproduct many people have, right? Many people we've worked with have, I myself did. Some people will have that realization, but please don't put that expectation on people who sign up with you for fat loss to be interested in more than anything than fat, than fat loss. And don't then tell me that you're bored speaking to them every single week about fat loss because oh, that's what you sold them in on. 100%, 100%. There's a lot of shit that coaches need to take responsibility for. <laughs> What's yep. the next talking point that you want to go into? Oh my God, we have so many. I'm really trying not to be that, bastards. I know, not to be, ba <laughs> well, to be fair, I want to be a little bit of a bastard. Because yeah. whenever I've had the, the most growth, it's when I've had my character given yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. And, when I've been, and when I've been triggered the most. Yeah. So... Get fucking triggered, boys. <laughs> I think the next talking point actually leads on straight from that, and that's something that we hear heard quite a lot in 2023. And I can understand why, right? I'm speaking directly to you. Uh, people listening back don't know, but I'm looking at the camera. Because 2023 was a very tough year for most people, I would say, yep. in the industry. Even people who are big hitters, who have had really, really stable growth and success, experienced a real market shift in 2023. Um, I don't think I've spoken to anybody who hasn't felt some sort of pinch, right? So naturally what that does is it creates a fear response in the brain. It puts you into fight, flight or freeze. It really, really impairs your ability to make clear decisions. Um, it really, really impacts your ability to think with your rational mind and not with your emotional mind. And it can really lead to quite a lot of emotional dysregulation. So what I've seen happen for quite a lot of people is that they were so emotionally dysregulated as a person that they almost reinforced emotional dysregulation in their clients. Yes. So when clients were emotionally dysregulated, it was triggering you because you were also emotionally dysregulated. You didn't have any space for their emotions because you were up to your eyeballs with yours. And I watched so many people make emotional decisions in their business, emotional decisions as a mm. coach that come back to bite them in the arse. And one of the biggest emotional decisions that I've seen kill people this year was I just need to get more clients. I just need to get more clients. So what you did was let every other business a ball in your business drop, yep. every other ball in your life drop in the name of just getting more clients. And what happened was I saw people walk on to the fucking roller coaster of I just need to get more clients and let every other fucking hole in the bucket burst. And I wish I can understand, yes, you need to be a certain level of stability, but if your focus is always just on getting more clients, getting more clients, getting more clients, what about the people that have invested money in you? Like, do you know what I would love to ask people, right? And I think there's there's something really interesting that happens psychologically that I see with people is the thrill of a sale, yeah. right? They get the thrill of a sale. Like, see, when you are running a business, sales shouldn't be a thrilling thing. You shouldn't be getting high on it. It's one other part of the process. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, making a big sale or having a good sales week, it is going to feel good. It's going to give you a rush of dopamine, right? No. But I feel like people are dependent on that as their only metric of success, right? Yeah. X amount of sales closed booked this week. Yeah. X amount closed. Clo exactly. Like, Look how much money I've made fucking yeah. refreshing your stripe and Aye. fucking having a wank over it, right? Stop it. <laughs> so they get this rush of, I've made the sale, blah, 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 blah. And then they're in, it's almost as if their interest in that person just dwindles completely. Aye, because they've got I their money. I have this person's money, yep. therefore nothing else matters because I've got their money. Aye, right? bottom line is better than last year. Exactly, so there we go. exactly, because I've got this person's money. So they can now go into the ether of my programme, yep. and that's it. They're in with the bricks the same as everybody else, as if it's a sure thing. They've signed up for six months, so this is a, this is a sure thing. This is a guaranteed thing, and now the pressure's off. And it's like, you need to become more comfortable with the, the element of making pushes, making sales and getting clients, that's that's always going to be a part of your business until you get to a point where you decide to outsource that. Yep. That's always going to be a part of your business. And actually, even when you outsource it, it's still going to be a point of concern. 100%. Because <laughs> you're still going to be ultimately responsible with it. So it's almost as if, I feel like people see it as a temporary thing. And I'm going to push right now to get more clients. Aye. You're always going to have to get more clients Aye, exactly. because there's always going to be people who leave as they should. Right? And similarly, on the other side, I need to get my clients to stay for longer. I need to push them to stay for longer, stay for longer. And it's like, they're either not getting the result in the time frame because you're not coaching them effectively. Because right? you're focused too much on sales. Because you're focused too much on sales. Or they're ready to fucking leave. Aye, exactly. Right? So don't hold on to someone beyond the point at which you know it's time for them to go. They've either tried and failed multiple times that they're maybe just not in a position to commit to change. Yep. Or they've got what they consider to be success. Aye. Because... 
I see so many coaches, and again, stop this, <laughs> put so much pressure on themselves to get a result for social proof. I need to get more results for social proof. Therefore, yeah. I'm going to change the way that I coach people yeah. and push them and push them and push them so that I can get social proof. And it's got fuck all to do with you. Their ability to get a result or not is dictated 80% by them, 20% by you. Yeah. So you need to focus more on, if I want this person to get a killer result, what's my role in that? Yeah. Right. My role is to make sure that I am have an effective coaching process, that I'm a good coach, that I'm getting the right balance of support and challenge, that I'm encouraging them to be better, that I'm giving them something to be here for. What's the next hook? Why should they keep staying? Careful. If I was a client in my programme, what would I be thinking? What would I be looking for? Next, like, what would I be looking forward to? What's exciting me about being here? Mm -hmm. What's interesting me about being, being here? What's benefiting me about being here? Like, thinking about that really from that customer experience, that user experience, how do I make this a great experience? Yeah. As opposed to just how do I get as many fucking people in the door that I possibly can, and then 10 clients turn in a week anyway and you're back to where you started. Exactly. And, and there's a... There's a Correlation between both, like anyone who is pushing for sales usually isn't retaining clients well. Yeah. And they're not retaining clients well because they're not focused on actually getting the client a result. Yeah. And then they moan that they're not actually getting more clients or more prospects interested in joining the programme. Yeah. And it's like, well, you've taken your, your, your eye completely off the ball with your coaching. You're not supporting people the way that you should. Your main focus is sending 100 DMs per day, following 100 folk and unfollowing people that don't fucking follow you back. Mm -hmm. And you wonder why when the majority of your days focused on business building instead of actually like business delivery, mm. why you're not getting more clients. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like see whenever I think back to any time that I've been successful, I've not been sending DMs to loads of folk. Mm -hmm. Like I've I've been delivering a great service. Word of mouth has been great. I've been getting great results with people. Like my focus has always been be a great coach. The results will follow and then therefore you'll get more clients. Yeah. Simple as that. Yep. And see if you're someone that always has to just be DMing people to, yep. to get, get get results with your, your, your ability to build your business, then that is very unstable, my friend. Yeah, 100%. Very unstable. And it actually says more than anything else that the people who follow you don't probably see as much value in you as they should. And what do we take most of our content from? Real client experiences. Took the words right out of my mouth. Exactly. So we're talking about real client experiences, which means that you need to talk to your clients more. Because people ask me all the time, you're working with X amount of clients and you've got these coaches on board. Why are you still working with your clients as much? And I was like, because my main focus is to be a coach first. Because yeah. I enjoy coaching. Yeah. Why would I just pull myself out of working with all our clients just to focus on sales and content when it's not How really what I love? How unfulfilling would that be? So unfulfilling. And like, see, even when I went on holiday this year and I've come back, I've been like, oh my God, I'm so out of the loop. I know. What's been happening with I everyone? Know. Like, what do I need to catch up on? Like, who's where and what's what's who? And yeah. <laughs> and we're all over the place. And it's, th it's those be like nuances of people's lives. Like, if I've been out of yeah. comms for a while, like, I will like spend like a good, like, it might take me a couple hours, but I'll go through and read the conversations yeah, to make yeah, sure yeah, I'm same. up to date on what's been happening with that person because... That's information that they've chosen to share, therefore they feel it's relevant to them. 100%. So I need to, I need to treat it as relevant to me, as relevant as it is to them, not yeah. just go on my own, I, I think this is what's happened, or like you need to be able to help understand people's pictures and stories because we need to know that person to be able to coach them. Exactly, exactly, and that's what a lot of them are missing. Mm. I cannot tell you how many times, I need to fucking stop this, can I tell you how many times someone said to me, how do I just... How do I get my clients to top text me as as, oh. as their friend, right? <laughs> or like people telling you you shouldn't be friends with your clients. It's all business. It's all results orientated. See if there's not some baseline of friendship there. Why are people going to trust you? Why are people going to like yeah. you? Why are people going to stay long term? Yeah. See when you talk about building your client's vision, right? <laughs> no wonder they don't trust you with helping them with their vision because you don't have a relationship. Yeah. Your relationship is completely transactional, yeah. right? Which then means they are not going to they're not going to be fully in. Like, they're not going to jump in to what you do and what you have to offer with both feet. Yeah. They're always going to be a little bit timid yeah. and temperamental and almost like, is this the right thing for me? Is it not? Mm. I don't really get the best vibe, maybe, from yeah. my coach. And, like, yeah. it, it's funny, but people still sign up for the results anyway mm. because they've seen the results or they've seen something about you that they maybe relate to. But you need to, when they're in the door make sure that, that that trust building process is at the forefront of your mind yeah. because people think paid, they trust me fully. Yeah. Whereas trust is continuously built oh, throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every touch point, every check-in, every resource, every live call, every live event, every 
every ounce of communication, like even sending birthday messages, asking about their family, like wishing them a, a, a happy Christmas and asking them to send love to their loved ones and actually talk about them by name. Yeah. You know what I mean? How many coaches like don't know their, their fucking clients' dogs' names, partners' names, yeah. what they do, all of that sort of stuff? Like, that that's built on friendship yeah. at the end of the day. 100%. And I think, I, I think what happens to quite a lot of people is it almost creates a sense of worry for them of like, so a couple of things can happen. What I see happen is it goes too far one way where you're then only friends. Yeah. So no coaching can take place. So this happens quite a lot. You'll have experienced this when you 100%. coach a pal, right? Yeah. You can't actually coach them. Like I have friends who are in the programme that I leave it mostly to you and yeah. Rue because I can't really coach them when I'm their pal. I can have coaching conversations with them, yeah. but ultimately I know them, so I can't coach them objectively for the kind of coaching that I do, right, which is fine. But what I see happen is that for quite a lot of people, they, they cross the boundary of coaching into friendship. So that then means that the coaching dynamic is no longer respected in the relationship, yep. right, because friendship is too present, right? So like for now, for example, beyond the get your ass together and go and get it done, we don't really have a coaching relationship anymore, yep. right? Yep. Unless I'm like that to you, Mark, I need to help with this specific thing, you're like, go and do that at the end, right? Yep. There's no need for a coaching dynamic because that's not present, it can't be present in the relationship yep. anymore. And I think what happens to people quite a lot of the time is they do cross that boundary too far and then it's only pals and you kind of get a result, right? But similarly, I see people stay too in that closed off camp, right? And I honestly think it all comes down to the perception of value. Oh, 100%. I think people feel like I need to make sure that I give this person as much value as I possibly can. So I need to always be spitting out pieces of information, fucking golden nuggets. I need to come across as this poised, fucking prized, perfect person that never does anything wrong, that gets everything fucking right, like that is an inspiration to name. And I need, and I need to, it's almost like, they don't allow the relationship to grow naturally. It's like tick boxes. How is, insert partner's name, what did you do at weekend? Like, do you know what I mean? It's almost like very, like, for people who I think it doesn't come naturally to, it comes quite robotic. And it's like, it's okay if you check in with a client one week or they check in with you and the rest of the week is just a conversation about something that's going on at their work. Hi. Do you know what I mean? You don't need to ask them a coaching question every single fucking time you send a message, Aye, because right? you don't need to always be adding value. If their partner's auntie's in the hospital and they're a wee bit worried and they've not Aye. been sleeping great, you don't then need to come in with here are your top 10 tips and tricks for quality sleep. Yep. Sometimes you can just say to them, do you know what, that's a bastard. I totally understand 100%. that would be stressful. What can I do to support you? This week, considering Aye. things are pretty stressful for you, like not everything has to be a transformative conversation and they need to feel like they're interacting with a fucking human being or you're not going to be able to be in that position where you do build a relationship yeah. with each other. So I think like, yes, it can't always be pals, but similarly, it can't be that robotic, like tick, like yeah. tick box interest as opposed to genuine interest. And similarly, they need to feel that they know a bit about you as oh, well 100%. and your life and what you're up to because I think when people first start working you, working with you, they're going to make assumptions based on past experiences how you're going to react to their behaviour. Right? So when I first started working with you, I made the assumption that if I overate, you were going to say to me, you're a fat bastard, fucking sew your mouth shut and don't do it again, right? Yeah. So because I assumed that was going to happen, I was like, fuck, I'll just not tell him, right? So, Bad advice. Right, exactly. So <laughs> what had to happen eventually in the relationship by the time that trust was built is that I had to learn over time, he's not going to give me any trouble for doing these things wrong, yeah. but he's going to help me understand why it went wrong and how I can change it, right? So you need to almost be able to be in a position where you can prove your client's assumptions wrong. Yeah. And that means we're able to have these conversations with them about the different facets of their life. 100%. And I think that just comes back, though, to what we were talking about before, the validation. Yeah. Like, they're just looking to be validated in any way, shape, or form that they can. Yeah. So it's like, if I give you more value and you're like, oh my God, you're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be like, the coaches are going to be like, oh, you know what? Like, maybe I'm really good at what I do. Yeah. This has made my day. This has made my week. And I think that's why so many clients are up and down. Or sorry, coaches are up and down when they're clients are up and down mm. it's because like the, the the coach takes so much responsibility for the client's outcomes yep. that they feel it within their own self-esteem and they feel it within their own value and they have to remember that they, they can't fucking make someone get the result yeah they can 100%. only create a process that someone goes through which is why built to coach is the thing 
uh, they can only create a process that their, their clients go through to ultimately get them the result. Yeah. And the process, if it has always been shown to work and it has success, but then some people don't take to it for whatever reason because people are very complex, it doesn't mean that you are not of value or the process is not of value. It's that the person just did not really find find value in committing yeah. to, to long-lasting change and yeah. committing themselves to doing the work, which can happen, yeah. right? And that's probably something that's very important as well. Like, we will help you get transformative results for your clients, but we're not going to we're not going to give you things that will manipulate people into doing the work yeah. because there's still going to be people that just aren't committed. There's yeah. still going to be people that think they want the outcomes but don't actually want the outcomes. Yeah. Like, and that's 100%. life. Hundred percent. So, to round off, then, what do you think coaches need to start doing? In 2024. Oh, you can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll let it for too long. <laughs> you can't afford it, honestly. <laughs> you need to fall back in love with your job, mm. right? Over the past, what, maybe three, four, five years, everything has became about business. Yeah. It's all, it's all, it's not all now about like how you can earn 10k a month, how you can live in a different country, coming from the country that lives in a different country. <laughs> <laughs> um, how you can work from the beach, how you can work from anywhere, how you can basically do as little work as possible and delegate most of your business out and be an entrepreneur and be a businessman or businesswoman instead of actually developing yourself as a coach to make that happen, yeah. right? As we've already discussed, the outcome should be a byproduct of the process. Yeah. So if your coaching process is great and gets people transformative results, you should then see the value of making more money, being able to travel more, it doesn't mean you have to do any less work, right? Just because you've achieved these things. I think people think they get to this level, they've made it, then their business starts to crumble because their, their focus is elsewhere. Yeah. They want the freedom, right? But I've never met any good coach, people who have their hearts in the right places, that only want to work 15 hours a week yeah. coaching their clients. Yeah. I've not, like I've seen coaches that are maybe okay at their job, but business focused and people who are great coaches that, aren't really interested in business or just don't get the whole business thing mm. and struggle to apply the business knowledge because they're just generally good coaches. But they struggle to apply the business stuff because it's all about just building the business and not about the clients. Yeah. And they've already seen a large amount of success just from coaching the clients and yeah. how their business has grown that way. They just need a few things to change to be able to make it more lucrative for them and actually earn what they should earn based upon the amount of value that they actually do add. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, if someone's went out and they've spent six figures on their education over the years and they're an incredible coach, then ultimately they, they should charge more. Mm -hmm. They should charge more for their expertise and the outcomes that they can achieve for their clients. But everything is just so focused about business now and making more money and having more freedom and buying yourself all the nice shit and being able to go anywhere you want and buy anything you want at any time. And I think that's a bit fucked up in a sense, right? And you, you'll get me when I say this. It's fucked up because you're teaching your clients to be grateful for what they have, right? You're teaching them all about how focusing on yourself means that you don't need to be shopping on Amazon every single day mm. or getting deliveries from fucking Zara like my wife <laughs> <laughs> or going out drinking and eating. Like You can start to just value the small things in life. Mm. But again, these people are the coaches I'm talking about are chasing the validation of look at my fucking nice car, look at my nice watch, look at how much money I've got in the bank, as you said, wanking off over their stripe, yeah. look at all these things, look at how cool I am, mm. you know what I mean? Whereas they're teaching the complete opposite to their clients. Yeah. It's like, I want you to be grateful for what you have, I want you to be grateful for your health, I want you to not feel as if you need to follow the crowd and buy this and buy that, but all of these coaches are following the fucking crowd to try and fit in instead of just being great coaches. Yeah. And I would say the people who have signed up to build the coach so far, are not of that bracket. Yeah. They are of the bracket, but and it's because we are not of that bracket. Yeah. You know, like the amount of folk that say didn't even know you lived in Dubai. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not over there going, oh look at me, it's like the Burj Khalifa man. Oh, fucking look at my Rolex. I look at my I look at my Rolex. <laughs> look at my Rolex and my Lambo that I rented for I a day. Know. You know what I mean? It's 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 I live there because and actually the reason why I moved there in the first place is because I wanted to be void of distractions. Yeah. So that means when I moved to Dubai, I already had an intention that I am not going to do much when I'm here yeah. because I want to focus fully on coaching. I want to fully focus on my family. I want to fully focus on my business. I want to fully focus on my own personal standards. There was an intention behind it. Mm. And it meant that I didn't have to get bogged down with any shite or drama back home. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Whereas these people are 
they don't love their jobs anymore. Yeah. They they love the fact that the job gives them the thrill of the high months, potentially low months, mm -hmm. how they make more sales and so on and so forth. And they love they love just portraying themselves a particular yeah. way now based upon the, the, the riches that they've gained yep. from the business strategies and tactics and so on and so forth that yeah. they've implemented. So you need to fall back and love your job because you weren't when you thought about becoming a coach, you didn't think about becoming a fucking a tool, basically. Yeah. Like, and if you're wondering why I say tool, I mean tool because you just come across like a fucking wanker. <laughs> yeah. Aye. 100%. That's me. Um, I think mine is about, like, accepting the reality of who you are. Yeah. Like, I, th I think I watch so many coaches struggle with the perception of what everybody else is doing. And then I have conversations with them all in the backgrounds when I realise that actually they're all portraying a sense of self that isn't who they really are. 100%. So what it's doing is creating an internal identity crisis, but a collective one, because you're making the assumption that all of these people are living life in a certain way based on what you see. Yeah. So you reinforce and perpetuate the same thing. When actually, if all of these coaches just accepted the reality of who they were and where they were, they would be able to commit to so much more change because... You can't change something until you've accepted what is. Yeah. And I see so many people try and change the reality before they've accepted the reality that they end up in just this constant crisis of identity. Like, you don't always have to know what the next move is. And do you know what? It's okay to sometimes just be. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to have a month in your business where you don't grow something and you don't change something. At the end of the day, who gives a fuck? Exactly. Honestly, it's not that big of a deal. Exactly. And people say to me, like, oh, I value growth so much. And I'm like, well, for somebody that values growth so much, you're spending quite a lot of time fucking staying still and stressing out about it. Aye, and you're an emotional cunt and all. Uh-huh. And like, <laughs> growth isn't just, oh my God, growth is not just external, shiny, tangible things that you can hold in your hand. Like, internal growth is a thing, people. Yeah. <laughs> you can invest in spending more time getting to know yourself and, like, being more comfortable and accepting of who you are and finding peace with parts of yourself that you've been at war with and healing from old fucking wounds. Like, there is so much growth that you can do without leaving your fucking living room. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that because so many people are unwilling to accept who they are, they almost go on this constant journey of trying to find out who they might be like, oh, I'll change my niche or I'll fucking start working with these specific kinds of people and then I'll find out who I really am. Separate yourself from your business. You need to separate yourself as a person away from the business that you run. Like, it's a component of your identity. It's not all of your identity. And I watch so many people remove all the fruitful, joyful things from their life to make business their main focus. I'm all in, I'm all in. And it's like, but then that becomes all you have. So when that dips, you dip. When yeah. that's high, you're high. And it's like, God help the fucking people in your life. If fucking right. You, if you fluctuate as much as your fucking business does. like, And I'm not being funny, but people whose only personality trait is their business are fucking boring to speak to. Oh my God. Like, I can't, I, like, I, I would rather have small talk about your fucking life than Same. the ebb and flow of your fucking business. Like, and I get it as a huge part of our lives, but like, just because we are people who run businesses doesn't make us any more fucking special than anybody else. Definitely. Like, employed people still experience the same challenges and struggles in their employment. Like, running a business and having a different set of pressures doesn't make you some sort of special character. And I think sometimes people's inability to accept the reality of where they are and admit the reality of where they are stops them from actually being able to change it for the better. Like, yeah. there's no shame in admitting that you're still not good at something and you're still working on it. Like, I'm still not good at prioritising myself all of the time, but I'm working on it and I'm getting yeah. better at it. But that means accepting the reality of that I'm not done yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, instead of fooling myself into a false sense of security that I'm this finished project, project, like, we all have things that we're all still working on, we're all still trying to get better at. But, like, you have to accept the reality of that, the vulnerability of that, and allow yourself to be inexperienced in this thing and admit that you are inexperienced in this thing instead of almost trying to change it so quickly before anybody else fucking notices. Yeah. Um, I think that's a huge part of it for me. And please find fulfilment that doesn't just come for your business. Aye. Like, some of us are very fortunate to have a job that does fulfil us a huge amount. Like, my job gives me an immense sense of fulfilment and purpose to the point where there are several other things in my life that do, but I don't feel like I'm seeking... I don't feel like I question 
what I'm supposed to do. I feel yep. like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm very lucky to have that. But that doesn't always come from work. Like I know so many people who have so much fulfilment in their lives from their families, from their friends, their community, hobbies, yeah. interests. Like they might be part of a fucking running club or a sewing club or they might be really actively involved in their community. Um, they might be involved in political groups, religious groups. Like people find so much fulfilment from different areas of their life and like coaching and your business might not be enough to just fulfill you and that's okay. 100%. Like you might have to find more areas of fulfillment in your life to feel like a well-rounded character and that's absolutely okay. Yeah. Like stop forcing yourself to find something that doesn't come naturally because the reality might be that although you love this, it might not be all-consuming and all-fulfilling and actually it really shouldn't be. Oh no, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. They need to stop making a fucking dick, dick measuring competition. Yeah. Generally what it is. Because even when I meet people that are in this industry and I'll be like, oh, how's business going? First thing they'll do is be like, oh, well, I'm hitting this much right now every single month and I'm like, I don't give a fuck how much money you're making. You know what I mean? Who cares? I honestly think the only people, ever since I started this business, the only people in my life that I've told what I'm earning is like you and Paul. Aye, aye, aye. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, if friends have asked, I've told them. If somebody will ask me, I'll tell them. But see if somebody at like an event like, that's something I found really, really strange when I first came into the fitness industry is how yeah. openly people talk about money. And to be fair, that was probably just, like, my own issue that I had to work on that I found it quite uncomfortable. It still is to talk a bit about, strange that it's the forefront I thing. don't want that to be a conversation. Uh, unless that's about unless that's based on the conversation that we're having. Don't get me wrong, in a coaching conversation, it will come yeah, up yeah, yeah. quite a lot, and that's totally normal. I would expect that. But if we're having a wee bit of a catch-up and I'm asking how your wins are, like... I don't want to know. I don't even know what your turnover is. I, I, Do you know what I, I mean? But I, that for me then shows right. That's where that person bases their success. Hundred percent. I so said you had the chickenpox last week, but doesn't matter because I closed ten k. <laughs> and I had a, a forty k month <laughs> like that. Uh, I mean, is your is your weight all right? Is she, is she all right? Is she She's dying? running a temperature of forty two, but uh, you know what? The fucking the books are closed. Uh, fuck it, I'll just buy an R weight if I keep making what I'm making. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there are two things that coaches need to start doing. A bit yeah. more complex. But um, hopefully, this triggered you. <laughs> <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. Like, to be fair, like anyone that knows this knows we're extremely direct and we're to the point. And yeah. at the end of the day, like, I think we're only like this because we needed the same directness. 100%. And see, the thing is, if you don't like the directness, that's fine. You're probably not our type of cunt. Yeah. So <laughs> that is totally fine. Um, anything you would have liked to say before we finish up, dear? Um, join Built to Coach, no, I'm joking. Um, no, I'm, really actually, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, invest in yourself and being different this year. Like, genuinely, like Correct. if you feel that there's something that you actually need to change, then be willing to invest and commit to the change of the thing. Um, and, yeah, let go of the need to know what your fucking next move is going to be. Make the move that feels right for right now and then decide what the next move is going to be beyond that. Yeah. And stay hard. <laughs> See you next time. See you next time. <laughs>